It's the Alexandra and Friends podcast, and we're covering the everyday issues of life, health, and wealth. And as always, we have a great panel of experts with us. Here is your host, Alexandra Fincher. This is Alexandra and Friends, and I'm Alexandra, and I'm here with V and Courtney, and we have an amazing guest today, Mr. Vu, who is going to be talking with Courtney all through the show and telling us all about his journey to the USA. Courtney, what do you think? <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Vu, for joining us to, tonight. We are so excited to have you here. We actually know Mr. Vu, V, and I through a um, networking group that we participate in. So we've been friendly now for about a year and a half. And yes. it's been so great just learning about your journey to the States. And it's, you know, we try to have uh, guests on the show that can show us the American dream. And I think that you exemplify that. And uh, we're here to support your business. And we believe in what you do and you're just such a sweet man. And we just want to give you the platform to kind of talk about your journey and uh, and let people know that you can outfit them um, for every occasion. So let's start from the beginning. Talk to us about your upbringing. Well, I am one of the 11 uh, kids. from I'm the third one. My dad and my mom moved to the south of Vietnam in 1954, when when the country divided between North and South mm-hmm. Vietnam. My parents moved to the South. Of course, 1975, when the uh, communists uh, took over the whole country. I lived there for about seven, eight years, and I fled the country. In the 70s, how old would that put you? Um, I was 14 almost 14 years old when, when it happened, when the North, they invaded the, the South, even though they have the peace agreement that, you know, each will have, just like North and South Korea. But they took, you know, they invaded the, the, the South. So did you see all that? I mean, were you living that, or were you in a position where you were safe? Or I, I was in Saigon. Uh, the family was in Saigon at that time. And, I mean, in... In spring of 1975, uh, I I could hear the bullet flying over the top of my roof, oh my and it it some landed on the top of the roof. So I mean, it's pretty intensive. I can't even imagine. That's <laughs> crazy. Either. So then, what did your parents do? I mean, how did they make a living? And about your brothers and sisters and your education. Talk to us about that. Of course, you know. Uh, in big family, um, my dad was a uh, marine of the uh, former government. He he raised us. Our upbringing is pretty good. Was pretty good because my dad is you know the military man, very strict guy that you have to follow through and all that. At the age of fourteen, I already finished my um, ninth grade. That when the uh, the fall of Saigon, the the communists would not let us go to school because they they call that a blood stain bloods or whatever. Mm-hmm. They it's just you know whoever worked for the former government, uh, the children would suffer. Would not be allowed in school for higher education and all of that at that time. So this was when he was active still with the Marines. This well, was right before everything went, went down. So did you guys all live on like a base of sorts or was it just within 
Saigon or well, we live in Saigon okay. and and uh, we live in uh, just a residential okay. area. Yeah, not uh, not in the base like over here. That military mm-hmm. people live in the base. Of course, you know you would allowed to live in the base if you want to, but we we live in in the uh, suburb of Saigon. Oh, okay, Mister Wu and. When you guys decided to come to United States, what triggered the event that brought you guys here to United States? Um, of course, after 1975, the communists controlled the whole country. And as you know, they control everything. Uh, first thing they do, they make you, you call it almost like transfer of wealth. That whatever you have in hand, you have to bring it to the government, uh, local government, to exchange it to the whatever the money that they print. That would be your currency. I mean, whatever you have before uh, is not um, it, it worth nothing. So if you have million dollars. Uh, of the former government, uh, you would then it it like everybody would have the same amount. Okay, every family. Uh, if if you have five person, you're allowed to have five uh, hundred dong mm-hmm. uh, or something like that. So it's equal. Everybody have equal pay. Just that's what that's how they are. The same way with uh, when you work. You will have a equal pay when you work. I mean, you can work real hard, but you still get that amount of money. So after seven years, of course, you know, since uh, the beginning from uh, 1975, that's a lot of people. They just escape from the country slowly, slowly, slowly. But there is a um, a massive of people they escape right at. Uh, in 1980s. And if you're just joining, you're listening to Alexander and Friends. We're here with Mr. Vu. We're about to get into the part where he flees Vietnam to the States. Continue, Mr. Vu. So there's some people, they they would try to put together a trip to escape. The first time we escaped with, with my cousin, we got caught, put it, put in prison for a How do you escape? Is this your so, walking, driving on a boat? So we would walk to a certain place, and then we'll take a bus down to the uh, the shore, and then from there we would be transferred to the uh, bigger boat. You know, when I say bigger boat, you're talking about the boat of about thirty feet long. Oh wow! And ten feet wide. Probably just about a double the size of this room right here. Small room. Yeah. So the first time we got caught, and then when we got back, and they start doing it again. Do you get punished for that, or mm-hmm. they just bring you home and drop you off? I mean, what what happens? It's like in my mind, I have this whole thing where it's this covert operation, and all these people are joining together to get you out of the country, and then and then who catches you? The government? Well, the local government, the uh, communists. Yeah, yeah, the local government at at that town um, because they they. They have suspicious that a group of people, you know, walking, you know, to a certain place. So they say, I think these people try to escape. How old are you, Mr. Vu? I was 19 at that time. 19. Yeah. 
Well, I have a question to ask you. Um, when I, I heard uh, Courtney say something about the Marines, were you uh, supported by one of the Marines or you were living in base with the Marines because your father was in the military, right? Yeah. But he was for the for South Vietnam or North Vietnam. So my my dad was a Marine in in the in South Vietnam in South Vietnam before 1975. So he was Marine U.S. Marine. No, he's a Vietnamese Vietnamese Marine. Marine. That's yeah. what I wanted to get across yeah. because I I grew up in the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. mother came back from Vietnam, and yeah. uh, I was just I I I know the stories and I know how it felt, and it was the worst thing. The worst war there ever was. So I just wanted to get that clear because you said Marine and I, mm-hmm. it just hit me. Yeah. Okay. And then, of course, the Vietnamese Marine was trained by the, the U.S. Marine. Right. Yeah. right. Right. So then they, you get home. Mm-hmm. First attempt didn't work. Didn't work. Then what happened? So we, we started again. This time, I, the first time I wasn't really involved in it, I just paid to take the trip. But the second time, uh, the people in my uh, um, in my neighborhood, those are the people who um, who did the first time. So they, um, uh, I get involved. So I actually get um, help them build the boat. I, I mean, I'm, I'm saying helping, but you know, if they want me to paint, <laughs> I paint. If I nail this down, I nail this down. So. Um, we we did and and um, it it happened. You know, April of nineteen eighty one. Uh, I know I remember exactly the date of April the twelfth. That's when we started again. I never actually drive a small boat before, but they give me a boat to drive down to the. Uh, the uh, the shore, and uh, I was nervous. I don't know what to do. I, I I have no idea where to go. But they say, okay, go go along this river right here. You get to the end, and then wait until the morning. You will go past the coast guard, and then you go out to this uh, the ocean uh, the um, the ocean, and then you will, you will see the big boat there, and then you get on. So, I mean, I've never even been down to that area It's before. just crazy. And you think about it, there's no cell phones. There's no GPS. radio. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, you're just traveling through the night and, and just hoping you get there. It's, it's and crazy. Don't get, and don't get caught and right. don't get right. murdered. Don't. Yeah. Well, we're going to continue this because I can't wait to hear this part because this is just, I mean, I can't even fathom, you know, going through something like this it's it's an amazing story so mr we're going to break here i want to thank you again for joining us on alexander and friends i'm here with v alexandra mr vu you're listening to alexander and friends you can find us on facebook alexander and friends or shoot us an email at alexander and friends 660 at gmail.com and this show is brought to you by miller title roberto perez texas Welcome back. You're listening to Alexandra and Friends. I'm Alexandra, and I'm here with my co-hosts and friends, Courtney and V and Mr. Vu, who is our guest today. Go ahead. We're enjoying so much this conversation. Yes. So we're the little boat that was built by a man that didn't know how to build a little boat <laughs> and then driven. Well, it was a ship rivers. at that time. It yes. was a ship at that time. And then you get to the ocean and you meet the big boat. That's where we're at. So then what happened? 
So um, I have my younger brother who is uh, who was nine years old at the time, and my cousin was with me, and a lady who is a uh, sister-in-law of a uh, owner of the boat with me. So we we uh, I rode the the. The, the small, like a fishing boat, mm-hmm. through the night down to the shore. Of course, we have no, I have no idea what I was doing. <laughs> Believe me, I just pray to God that will, God will guide me to the destiny. We, we got there at night, and then we just rest along the river uh, with all the small boats. You know, all the people who live uh, along the river, they have small boats. They, they just practically, they, they live on a boat. Mm-hmm. So we just, yeah, just join them just like the, the, the local. And then in the morning, I think it's about 5 o'clock in the morning, we start going through uh, the, the checkpoint. We were nervous because they, um, of course, you know, checkpoint, they have guns and they have uh, the police there. They asking us what you doing, what uh, where you going? Oh, we just go pick up some stuff, and so. <laughs> Do you have like fishing poles? Do you have anything to kind of? I have nothing. We got nothing in oh, the boat. Wow. Okay, because we have that lady that that in there. I think it helped because she can start talking. Tell them, oh, this is my family. I my my brothers. Uh, we just get down here to get some fish so we can bring it back to, to the market. <laughs> the so lady's always it. talking yeah. a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that the police was like, she's never going to stop talking. Just let them go. Of course, you know, when you see the, the when you see me and the little one in the boat and my cousin, anybody will say, this, yeah, this doesn't look right. Yeah, yeah. But for some reason, they okay, let's go. So we we, we went through that. Here's the catch, that when you go out there, it's so big ocean. You don't know where your boat is, where the, the actually the, the bigger boat is. And we just just drive and and just happened that when we were out there, we went to exactly where the boat was parked. Wow. I mean, I, I, with you. I mean, Exactly. So, at, and then that, at that time, they started transfer people from the smaller boat into the bigger boat. Of course, let me say this again. The bigger boat is about 30 feet long and 10 feet wide. And when we got in, the, the, the head count was 36 people altogether in that small wow. boat. So we crammed in. And then from that we departed. How long was that journey to where you went to next? We would ride along for about half a day, even even not not even close to the international water yet. And then we start hearing the the sound, boom, boom, boom. They actually the coast guard actually sh- shot at us. And they, and of course, you know, you, you small boat uh, with the small engine, you cannot uh, outrun the, you, you couldn't outrun the mm-hmm. Coast Guard. So they caught us. We thought that this is 
this is over. They're gonna bring us back to the land, and we're gonna they we're gonna be put in prison for life because we escaped the country. Uh, remember, in 1981, um, uh, President Reagan was shot. Um, the captain of the Coast Guard stopped us and say, "Hey, you guys go and visit uh, uh, Reagan. He was shot, so you guys want to go to U.S. to visit him." <laughs> <laughs> we had no idea. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. <laughs> we tried to bribe him. We collect everybody belonging, have any gold watches and all that. We we collect all of our belongings, try to give it to him. Now, for some reason, this guy wouldn't take it. And our, one of our smaller engines have some problem. So even he and he caused some kind of, of, of netting. He actually have his soldier came down to cut all that fixing us. And then he actually let us go. Wow. And he even told us that if you go this way, you're going to get to uh, Cambodia. But you go this way, you hit Thailand. He actually guided us to the right way. Would you say that was an angel? I would say so, yes. I believe that. If you're just tuning in, we're here with Mr. Vu learning about his journey from escaping Vietnam, coming to the States. So you're, which direction did you go, Cambodia or Thailand? So we have to go to Thailand okay. because Cambodia at, at that time is run by the Khmer Rouge and they're killing people. So we, would, we, we wouldn't want to go there. <laughs> After two days and night, our main engine broke mm-hmm. because, you know, we had the engine that run in the river, not at sea. Mm-hmm. And, of course, with the salt water get in, it broke down completely. We picked the right time to go um, because it, in April, is the sea very calm. Calm, not, you know. It's not hurricane like, season. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still a lot of waves go up and down. So we were just. We're dead in the river, uh, in, in, in the sea. So luckily, we, uh, a, a international, because we're already out in the interna- international water. So that's a big ship. They, they, they passed by it and they saw us. So they stopped. And at that time, it's, it's the night already fall. So they let the, the, the uh, women and children up to the ship to to sleep, and then and at that time we we ran out of water. We have nothing to eat and we have nothing to drink. So um, they they let us rest. The the men would stay down in the in our boat, and uh, they just. We we rest for overnight, and then in the morning, they start giving us water. Uh, they um, they fixing our engine, and then we go. We went on our journey. What country were these people from that were helping you? Of course, you know at that time I don't even know who they are. Mm-hmm. We just called them angel mm-hmm. because it. Came, the angel came in uh, by this big ship, and it's just helping us. Wow! And then, just we a- after that, we ride straight 
into Thailand. We actually landed in Thailand. And then did did you stay in Thailand for an extended amount of time? Were you able to get right to the States? How so does that work? They, 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 we have to, to go through the process. Um, when we when we landed in in a small village, so they they call the local police, and the local police will uh, will take us to refugee camp. At that time, uh, Thailand opened their arms for refugees mm-hmm. who came from Vietnam and all Cambodia or in in the in the surrounding area. So. They brought us to a refugee camp, and we stayed there. We stayed in Thailand for about six months. We went through all the paperwork, uh, uh, go through the all the United Nations. From there, we uh, we transferred to Indonesia for um, to learn English. Of course, you know very little English that I learned from there either. Whatever. So, uh, yeah, good together, Mr. Vu. So <laughs> after that process, you ended up here in the United States. And how do you start your journey as a tailor? Okay, so... Um, Can I ask just one question? Yeah. What year did you arrive in the U.S.? April 1982. Exactly. So you took one year exactly. Almost exactly year to the date. I... I, I uh, I got to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, of all places. Of all places. Yeah. Uh, April 12th of 1982. Mr. Vu, and one question, and we are going to probably run into the third segment probably. here, and we are good with that. Um, how about your parents? Because they, they are in Vietnam, so they are basically one year without any news. They had no idea if you are alive, dead. How is that? Well, and when we got to the camp uh, in Indonesia, and of course we have no money, but uh, we would write, and the um, the um, uh, United Nations they will help us to send a letter back to 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 the country, to to my parents. So uh, after about six seven months, they 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 knew that that. We uh, were safe, and we in Thailand and in Indonesia. So, so may I ask you a question? Were your parents, uh, like in other countries, that were restricted to leave there because you had left? Correct. You were. This was Viet Cong there now. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there was no, no other way. They were they were under communism rule. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reason why we escaped what? because mm-hmm. uh, we have no future, and of course, you know. If we can afford, the whole family will escape if we can afford to do it. But it's just, um, at that time, my parents just pick and choose um, who would be uh, able to make it. And I I was the one who really, um, I was the, all my brother and sister, I was kind of outgoing to, to get things done you know, outside of family. So uh, I guess they, they, they picked me. So how did it feel to for a parent to put their children on a boat so I, that they could leave the country so they could have a life? I and think I think very, that's where I want to live it. 
This is Alexander from 660. This is the the answer. Uh, we're here with Mr. Vu, Courtney, and uh, V. And our Facebook page is Alexander from 660. Please join us and like us. We need you because our um, uh, way to be able to grow is with you. Our sponsor is Miller Tile, Roberto Perez, Texas. And we're here with Courtney and V and Mr. Vu. And we're going to continue a conversation of the journey to the USA. So, Mr. Vu, now... You are here in the United States, and how are you going to make a living? Yeah. What basically? What's the plan? <laughs> so, uh, fortunately, um, back in Vietnam, uh, about two years before I left the country, uh, my, my mother uh, uh, enrolled me into a tailoring school because she knows that, that she knew that I have a skill. Uh, go back to uh, when I was in sixth grade in early 1970s when all the bell-bottom pants, very popular um, in, in the country. Uh, of course, they got it from the U.S. And I was maybe 11 years old, 10, 11 years old at that time. So I saw people wearing bell-bottom, and <laughs> I have the regular pants. Um, what I did, I cut the triangle from the old pants, and I attach it, I split the bottom of the pants, and then attach it to the, the, the both sides of the pants to make it a bell-bottom. Because I saw somebody uh, wearing the pants like that. So actually did that my myself without any knowledge of sewing and I just using the needle and thread and actually sew that, put it together. And I went to the market where my 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 mom worked and showed it to her and she just uh just praised and with uh you know brought me with the all the other people in the market and said, here's what my son did. <laughs> so that's uh, so. I went through um, a tailoring school. So I at at that school we can cut our own pattern. I can make pants and make jacket and all of that in the school. So because I already have that skills, um, my when I uh, got to the U.S., my sponsor took me to a department store in in Baton Rouge to apply for a job. And they didn't have the any alter, uh, in in the alteration department, mm -hmm. and they they didn't have any opening uh, for skilled tailor or seamstress at that time. So, but they only have a presser, which who stand right the uh, pressure machine to just iron all the stuff. So, um, you know, you got to get in before you can, you know, show them what you can do. So my sponsor say, let's go ahead and get in that department. And then I did. And I, I remember the, the hour rate was $3.75 an hour back in 1982. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got my first check of 122 Hundred twenty-two dollars after tax a week, 
and that to support my younger brother, me and my cousin. <laughs> so that's and I went through that after six months. They have a a, a, a opening for a theater. So my I I can't never forget my supervisor at that time, Mister um, Jim Hennessy. He's a great man. He's a great tailor from Ireland, and um, he he gave me that fitter job, and then from there I just move up to a head tailor, and it just uh, my 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 career started growing, growing, and growing. And so, what year did you come here to the Dallas area? So after I worked for that department store for a while, I started my own business in 1992 in, in Baton Rouge. I moved to Dallas area in Frisco, to be exact, uh, in summer of 1996. And then when did Vu's Custom Clothier come to fruition? So the uh, I went to, uh, I, uh, went to Dallas, applied for several jobs, and Brooks Brothers uh, hired me uh, as a head tailor there. So... I worked for them for nine years, and then um, in 2002, that's when I start my business right now. As the beginning, as a just a tailor shop, just me working and my wife doing. The, she was a nail technician at that time, so I, I'm pretty much by myself. Sorry, Mister Wu, uh, and you are known for the way that you dress. I never saw you not well-dressed, perfectly sharp, you know, and I'm sure that a lot of people uh, want to know where they can buy the clothes. And uh, I know that they have this idea that a custom uh, suit is not for everybody, but I went to your store with my husband and I can affirm that you can have it. I mean, it's affordable. Of course, we have different prices and everything. So, Tell us a little bit about your store today. What you can offer? Uh, like, do you can you help in weddings, parties? Just and if you're just tuning in, we're here with Mr. Vu with Vu's Custom Clothier. I'm also got Alexandra and V. You're listening to Alexandra and Friends. And Mr. Vu, V, you were talking about taking Gustavo to the store. Well, I went there and I saw, and there is amazing stuff. And I want Mr. Vu to tell our listeners who can he dress. Basically, everybody, right? I can dress anybody. Uh, we have uh, at the store right now, like I, I, I shared this with uh, Courtney um, last week, that in the store we probably have over a thousand suits hanging in the store. Wow. And she, she's trying to raise my insurance. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little nervous when you told me all the inventory that's, uh, that's available. I said, is the insurance written correctly? <laughs> So. <laughs> so that's a good selling point there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Can you give us the location of your store? So we are located in Plano, uh, um, 308 Coit Road, Suite 100. And, and people who are familiar with Plano, uh, they would know uh, a Central Market. Mm -hmm. And we That's all, a great location. Yeah, we're right, literally right next door to them. 
Well, we're going to invite our, our uh, sponsor, Miller, uh, Mr. Roberto Perez, Miller Heidel, to come and visit with you. Get fitted I, for a suit. Yes, yeah, he would I, love it. Yes, uh, I can certainly. He dresses smart, so you yeah. would be the right place to, for him to go. Yeah. Well, yeah. and we have been here talking the last few weeks about the how important it is to buy local, okay? So we are reinforcing here. If you are... If you still need to have some Christmas shop to do, if you need to buy gifts, not just now during Christmas, but next year, we hope that soon we're going to be all back to the office. Buy local. Go visit Mr. Vu. Call him. If you are planning your wedding for the next year, he can dress any, all, anyone, anyone. Okay? And you're a master tailor. Mm-hmm. You're, I believe you told me um, it's now becoming more of a family business. You mentioned that your daughter is now starting to to pick up more responsibility at the store, which I think is awesome. And I just, it's, it's just inspiring to know that the journey that you came from. And I think that everything that you've had to overcome and you're now a successful businessman and you're a sweet, sweet man. And, uh, you're a pleasure to be around and you inspire me. And, and I just, you know, I think that with everything that's gone on with COVID, I'm sure that's impacted your business immensely. And so we're starting to see a lot of the bigger name companies, Go under. Um, I know that we had talked about some of the big stores that weren't were not able to survive COVID. And so if you if you need a suit, if you need something altered, if you need uh, dresses, right, Don't you do everything yeah. um, mm-hmm. and, and you can design, you can put together a, a custom made suit. So, you know, if you were one of the lucky ones to make it through COVID and maybe received a huge promotion and you need to be dressed to the nines. Once we start traveling again, Mr. Vu is a great resource to go to, to, to design and, and make you a suit that nobody else in this world will have. So we're definitely going to link the Facebook information to our Facebook on Alexander and friends. Vu's custom clothier. You're in Plano off of George Bush and Coit by the central market. Thank you, Mr. Vu so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, just, I was kind of nervous to come down here because, um, uh, to be honest with you, when I came to the United States, I speak no English. I have to go to the night school after work to walk to school to learn English as a second language that they have people teaching you. What I learn now, I mean, I'm so grateful for the United States of America. Because, Amen. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's the greatest country on earth. I mean, I, if I can make it here, anybody can make mm-hmm. it. But you have to have a strong will to do it. Because, you have to put in the work. Yeah, and I think I mean, that's what people they forget i mean i raised my five kids mm-hmm. they all when they all have college education and they all have good job and i have my three granddaughters right now and we i mean after 35 years uh i look back actually 38 years we've been married for 35 years uh i look back of my journey first of all i thank god because I wouldn't be here if if it's not for for God's involved in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of things that involve is always have God's hand in in it. I mean, I I wouldn't be here if it wasn't uh, for the grace of God. And you know, we we uh, 
we live in this country, and I appreciate everything that this country done for me. So I try to give back as much as I can. One thing that I I can really give back that all the people in the military and police and firemen when they come to my store, I usually give them discount a great discount for them because that's one way that I could um, give back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that, that one way to thank them for the service. Thank and, you, thank you so much, thank you for doing that. And this is one of the reasons I wanted to start the show with my friends because we talk about life and life journeys are very hard sometimes. And this is open. You are one of our guests of many guests that are, are just bringing life to the, to the media. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. you, Mr. Vu. You're welcome. Well, what a show. Wow. It's one of it's those just... moments that we just need to stop and think and stop making excuses and move forward. Making me tear up. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're emotional. But I know, I mean, I just, I will never understand what V's gone through, mm-hmm. what Mr. Avu's gone through. I, that, that is something that I have never had to experience. None of my family's had to experience. And so having the opportunity for you guys to share these stories, it's an amazing appreciation. And it also makes me, thankful that I I haven't had to go through that, but it makes me realize that you have to put in the work and, and you have to have a work ethic. And if you want it bad enough, it's going to happen by the grace of God and by your perseverance. We wish everyone uh, happy holidays and Merry Christmas and happy Hanukkah for those that celebrate it. And, um, you know, everyone enjoy tamales this weekend. And we want to thank Miller Cuddle for sponsoring our show. Thank you, Roberto. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Alexandra and Friends, the podcast. Reach out to us on Facebook at Alexandra and Friends or write us an email, alexandraandfriends660 at gmail.com. Be sure to mark us as one of your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode.